Hey there, welcome back. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about all of the different ways of eating that are seeking to reduce or exclude our consumption of animal products. So we're going to get into vegan diets, vegetarian, plant-based, flexitarian, pescatarian, what all of these terms mean. I'm going to give you a more in-depth definition of veganism and this way of eating and living and give you a different perspective when it comes to this. And I'm also going to get into that question that a lot of people have when they get started on this journey to eating more plants. And that is, what if I can't do it all? We're going to explore all of these topics in today's episode. And welcome to More Plants, a vegan podcast by Bramble that helps you start, continue, and enjoy eating plant-based for your health, the animals, and the planet. I'm Kim Sujawalski, your host and certified plant-based cook and educator. In this podcast, you'll find all the practical tips, resources, and support you'll need to make your journey easy and sustainable, no matter where you are along this path. To learn more about our online courses, recipes, and blog, visit bramble.com. And now let's dive into today's episode. We've been helping people go vegan or make more plant-based choices at Bramble for years now. And one thing I can tell you is that no two stories about going about this change are the same. There are definitely some templates, for instance, people who make the change from one day to the next and have this doing it cold turkey personality, people who go vegetarian first and then eliminate dairy and eggs, people who remove one animal staple at a time, people who, like me, went vegan at home first and then made the transition, people who start with one meal a week and slowly move up from there, adding other options on. There is a lot of talk in vegan circles about how unless you are eliminating all animal products, you aren't doing enough. This message, I think, in one way stemmed from wanting to explain why vegans choose to take an additional step from what was most common, which was a vegetarian diet. But here's how I see it. Imagine a dimmer switch. You can turn the light completely off. But when you turn it on, you can slowly increase the light's intensity until the whole room is brightly lit. Today, we are going to be talking about this whole spectrum of choices, the different labels that exist, and what I believe are some of the traps we put in our very own journeys by thinking the light has to be either on or off. There are so many terms nowadays to talk about diets and lifestyles that seek to reduce or eliminate animal products. So let's start by defining each one. Let's start with the most well-known, most traditional, the one that has been around for ages, and that is vegetarian diets. So what do vegetarians eat? Usually when we talk about a vegetarian diet, what we're referring to is Lacto-ovo-vegetarian. Lacto-ovo-vegetarians eat fruits, vegetables, legumes, grains, and grain products, nuts, seeds, mushrooms, dairy, and eggs, meaning they exclude the meat of all animals. They don't eat meat from cows, pigs, chickens, turkeys, lambs, or any other land animals, insects, or fish, or other sea animals. 
There is also a smaller kind of subdivision here. Lacto-vegetarians include dairy in the diet, but not eggs. And ovo-vegetarians include eggs, but not dairy. But usually when you hear the term vegetarian without any other specifics, it's usually referring to lacto-ovo-vegetarian diets. Now let's talk about vegan diets. What do vegans eat? Well, vegans eat fruit vegetables, legumes, grains, and grain products, nuts, seeds, mushrooms, and products made from plant-based ingredients as opposed to animal-based ingredients. Vegans don't eat the meat of any animals, including fish or other sea animals. And they also don't include dairy, eggs, honey, or other animal byproducts. Veganism also includes other ethical lifestyle choices, which we will get into later on. It's not only about the dietary choices. Let's talk about pescatarian diets. What do pescatarians eat? Pescatarians eat fruits, vegetables, legumes, grains, and grain products, nuts, seeds, mushrooms, along with fish and other sea animals. They don't eat meat from cows, chickens, turkeys, pigs, lambs, or other land animals. Some pescatarians avoid eating both dairy and eggs, while others include only eggs and others include only dairy, and some include both. Now, flexitarian diets. What do flexitarians eat? The term flexitarian usually refers to people who are eating mostly vegan or vegetarian diets, but do include usually small amounts of meat or other animal products in the diet. And this includes dairy and eggs. Now, plant-based diets. This is a term that needs a little more describing. So what do people who are plant-based eat? This term is a little bit tricky because not only is there not an official definition for this way of eating, but it's used in very different ways to refer to a diet that is based on plants. Originally, a plant-based diet or a plant-based meal, a plant-based restaurant, it was used as a synonym to vegan. And with that came an exclusion of all animal products from the diet, including eggs and dairy. When I write our content for Bramble, when I film our videos, when I teach our cooking classes or write any of our courses, I use these terms vegan and plant-based as synonyms, at least when it comes to the dietary choice. The term plant-based has also been used when talking about a vegan diet when it comes to the dietary aspect, i.e. the food you eat, but not referring to some of the other lifestyle aspects of being vegan. More on these later on, like I said. But for example, someone who is eating a 100% vegan diet, but that is not pushing this beyond the plate would be someone who might use the term plant-based to describe their way of eating. Essentially, someone who was making all of the vegan choices when it comes to their plate and their meals, but were not necessarily making animal-friendly choices outside of meals and other lifestyle aspects like the products that you buy, cosmetics, clothing, things like that. It also got a big push as a term within a very particular niche among people who had decided to eat essentially a 100% vegan diet, excluding all animal products, but were doing it mostly for health reasons and not so much for environmental or ethical reasons such as animal rights. It became a very popular term among doctors that are recommending a plant-based diet to patients to heal or prevent certain chronic illnesses and where the focus wasn't on ethical issues. 
recent years, however, the term plant-based has been used to talk about a diet that is mostly vegan and centered around plants, but still includes some small amounts of animal products, sometimes by people who are easing their way into a vegan diet, and sometimes by people who are simply making plants the focus of the meals, but they're still including other non-vegan foods. With this definition, it would kind of be very similar to what is referred to as a flexitarian diet, and that's why here things get a little bit tricky with the term plant-based. This episode is brought to you by our signature online membership program, My Bramble. My Bramble is an ongoing program, all in video format, in which I teach you how to cook delicious vegan meals, get organized, teach you all the basic cooking skills you'll need, give you support on your vegan journey, as well as tools to help you find more ease and success with all the new habits you're trying to incorporate. But most of all, it's an ever-growing library of online vegan cooking classes with new content added every single week. There's so much more included in the program. So please visit mybrownbull.com to learn all the details and give it a try. That's M-Y-B-R-O-W-N-B-L-E.com. Now on with the show. Let's talk about a newer term I've been seeing around, plant-forward diets. And what do people who eat plant-forward diets eat? Recently, I've seen this term instead of plant-based to refer to some of these diets where small amounts of animal products are still included, but the diet is mostly centered around plants. So as you can see, there are a ton, some overlap. In some cases, you have to ask the person what they mean by that. And in others, it's pretty clear cut and we've had a definition for a while. Now, when it comes to our way of eating. As human beings, we seem to love labels. We love to have a very tidy box where we can put ourselves in, where we know where all of those limits are, what that means to us, and as comfort in knowing that others will also know what that means. And this has a lot of practical aspects involved in that as well. We're all so different and we all have different needs and we all have different life circumstances. And I can see how when we can't make one of these fit, we make another term for this. But what they all have in common is that they are ways of eating in which you're inching your way to a reduction or a full elimination of animal products. And in that way, we're kind of all in this together and we are all doing the best we can. In other words, we are all filling up the room with light on different parts of that turning of the dimmer switch. We are all pushing this movement forward in that we're acknowledging and realizing that there are serious consequences to the way we purchase products, the food products we buy, and the methods by which they are produced. And one thing that is now pretty much accepted as a baseline among health professionals is that more plants means so many positive things for your health. Anybody who uses any of these labels is trying to make better and better choices for different reasons as the central point maybe, but we acknowledge that there is a need for change, especially when it comes to how animals are raised and killed in these industries. For a lot of people, there is also the need to find another name for it because we don't like to be caught making a quote-unquote wrong choice or a choice that goes against what we had previously said or what we had committed to. 
everyone has met a vegan or sometimes also on the opposite end of the spectrum, someone who is very much against veganism, who is nitpicking at every single choice you make and trying to find that place where you aren't doing it 100% right. And I get it. Yes, those people are out there. We all know someone like this, but you don't have to let that guide your choices. And that's something that kind of sets us a little bit apart at Brumble. We like to give you a different perspective on veganism that allows you to see that it's about so much more than just that individual choice, that individual meal, that one plate, that one dish, that one restaurant outing. I have been vegan for over 10 years, and together with my husband, Carlos, who is an MD, we created this whole space that we call Brown Bowl to not only teach you how to cook delicious vegan recipes, but bring you support in all of the areas when trying to make this choice. It's not only for vegans. We have students who are all across the eating spectrum, and we have been on this mission to help you towards this wish because for most of the people who come through our doors, it is a legitimate wish. It's a legitimate desire. They want to try making a different choice to reduce or eliminate animal products and try to move into a kinder way of eating that is gentler on the environment, respectful of animals, supportive of our fellow humans, good for your health. And we try to bring you a perspective that, you know, where all of us can fit in that. Now, apart from what is in our meals, what is the definition of veganism? What does it mean to be vegan? When you hear this list of all of these ways of eating, veganism can feel like the most rigid and most extreme way of eating. And if you've ever met one of these very militant vegans, you can definitely have that association with it. A vegan diet, however, is about much more than the perfection on your plate. So let's explore the official definition of what veganism and eating a vegan diet mean as a starting point, and then I'll give you my own way of defining it. Veganism is a philosophy and way of living which seeks to exclude, as far as is possible and practicable, all forms of exploitation of and cruelty to animals for food, clothing, or any other purpose, and by extension, promotes the development and use of animal-free alternatives for the benefit of animals, humans, and the environment. In dietary terms, it denotes the practice of dispensing with all products derived wholly or partly from animals. This is a definition by the vegan society, which also adds, there are many ways to embrace vegan living. Yet one thing all vegans have in common is a plant-based diet, avoiding all animal foods such as meat, including fish, shellfish, and insects, dairy, eggs, and honey, as well as avoiding animal-derived materials, products tested on animals, and places that use animals for entertainment. When we talk about veganism, we are talking about so much more than the specifics of what happens on our plate. I always tell our students that if you can only start in one place or area, the plate and our meals, that's where you're going to have such an incredible impact because we do it three plus times a day, every day for years on end. But you can start wherever you can start. And that means so many different things for different people how you incorporate this into your life, the ways of transitioning into a vegan diet and lifestyle. It can vary so much from person to person, and it should. We are all so different. And one of the things I always try to focus on when I share this definition is that part where it states, as far as is practicable and possible. 
Now, here's what veganism is not about. It is not about putting each and every choice as the end goal and the perfect place where we're going to get there and we're going to get an A plus on every meal stating that you made a 100% pure vegan choice or you made it to a year of 365 perfect vegan choices and only then can you call yourself a vegan. I like to teach our students that veganism and with that, its meaning of going beyond the specifics of what is on the plate is a kind of filter through which we make our different choices. The choice in itself isn't the important thing, isn't the end goal. The end goal to me looks like being able to make this journey that is your life and with it, it's eating choices and it's purchasing choices through that filter as best you can. Now, because I went vegan initially because of animal rights reasons, to me, that filter is mainly kindness towards animals. It's a filter of reducing harm. I'm not even talking about eliminating harm. We'll talk about this important distinction in a future episode. It is not the plate of perfect 100% pure vegan food that is the goal. Helping animals is the goal. And we do that by one day after another, one choice after another, making as many choices as we can through that filter. After learning about what happens to animals in these industries, I needed to know in my own journey if eating a vegan diet was health supportive, if I could be healthy and get all my nutrient needs met as a vegan. This is something else that is very important to me, also part of my values as in valuing and respecting the special one of a kind body that I have. Then I learned about the use of environmental resources when it came to plant consumption versus animal consumption. Then I learned about how these industries impact surrounding communities, workers, and their families. All of these things started adding up. You can, of course, adapt this filter to your reason behind making this choice. Environmental reasons, health reasons, animal rights reasons, helping our fellow humans, two of the above, all of the above. With any of them, the perfect plate or perfect meal or perfect day of eating or perfect purchasing decision isn't the absolute and final objective. And this is a big part of the message I want to give you through this podcast. Even when it comes to health, which needs to include your mental health, your health when it comes to your social connections and relationships, we can still apply the filter analogy as in seeing all of those individual choices that we'll be making throughout our lifetime as paving the path. It's navigating that path through that filter without obsession or perfectionism that will take us to where we want to go and will help us create all of those changes we wish to see long term. That filter is something that you can renew each day, no matter what happened the day before. The path and your choices, they're all ongoing, and that's the beauty of it. We have a lifetime of getting back on the path with that filter leading the way as many times as we need to recommit to it. We also have to add to that the imperfection present in every choice we make as humans. There is no such thing as a 100% cruelty-free agriculture system. That doesn't exist yet. 
at least not in the methods and the way things are today. There is also no such thing as a 100% pure vegan. We are also not there yet. And we need to start realizing that because there is imperfection in all of these areas, we are allowed to have imperfection in our choices as well. When we're on this journey, it doesn't mean that if we made a choice that wasn't 100% perfect, we can't do it or we've failed or we have to put it like behind us. There's no point in moving any further because it wasn't for me. It only means that it's part of the process. It's about doing the best we can today. And no matter what happened today, we renew that tomorrow and we try our best again from a clean and fresh start. It doesn't mean that by saying this, I'm saying that you can do whatever you want because veganism is imperfect by definition. I think we all know where we stand when we want to make a commitment like this or we're inching towards this. I think we're all about trying to make that kinder choice each time. But where I am coming from is this. I want us to have and incorporate a bit more flexibility in how we judge the moments in which we had to make a choice that was imperfect. That's where that sweet spot is in that we have that kindness towards ourselves as well. This is part of the secret recipe for making changes this big long-term, which I think is what most people want when they start on this journey. When we remember that in this way, the word vegan is very different from all of these other words, I think you'll see that veganism doesn't have to be that tiny box you closed yourself off in. It can actually be a very open journey in which you are doing the best you can, in which you realize that it is about that filter through which you are looking at all of your choices, not only dietary choices, but you are also not concerned and not worried about that purity and that perfection on the plate because it's not about that one plate of food. Having said all this, no matter how you choose to eat, in any of these ways of eating in which you're eliminating or reducing your consumption of animal products, you're going against the grain of what we see most people doing. It's going to take a learning curve and a process. And I find that it is also important if you're making this choice that you commit to it, that you see it less as a a right now thing I need to get just right, which is often the mentality we have when we start a new way of eating or we start, you know, some of the many diets that we've probably tried in the past and instead add on choices thinking of the long journey ahead, that you make it an important process you'll be putting your attention on until it becomes second nature. That's going to take this this whole curve of learning new things and learning how to put meals together and how to navigate social situations and going out and travel and all of those things. And within that commitment, you add the flexibility and self-compassion when things don't go as planned, but you realize that that's normal, that we can still continue on the path. And that commitment is an important aspect to it, at least in my experience and what I've seen in our students. Through social media, books, documentaries, which are often three of the big places where we reach the knowledge that brought us on this path, you're going to see many different ways of making this change. And one thing I can tell you is that there is not just one way that works for everyone. 
So leave space for the circumstances that make you you. And this is often a good question to ask yourself as you add on more of this new way of eating or purchasing products. Ask yourself, what I am incorporating today, how can I take it on board so that it can accompany me and my lifestyle for many years to come? Take the journey and the transition into this in whatever way feels right to you. Even if you feel it is too slow at first, I promise you, you will start building up momentum in ways you never even expected. Part of that commitment that I was talking about, no matter where you are on that spectrum of eating on that dimmer switch, is to remember that just because you picked a label for the way you eat, the belonging doesn't get bigger than your curiosity. I cannot tell you how often we encounter students that love vegan food and vegan cookbooks and vegan ingredients and vegan options and vegan restaurants. And when I ask why they don't consume them, they say, well, I'm not vegan. As if, again, you needed to belong in this group or nothing there is for you. Vegan food means delicious salads, pasta, delicious meatless burgers with all the fixings you can find pretty much anywhere these days, veggie bowls filled with vegetables, grains, beans. It can mean a veggie roll at a sushi restaurant, delicious ramen, noodles, amazing desserts, only they're made with a recipe that swaps out eggs and dairy. It can mean delicious goodies on the grill, your favorite latte, only made with non-dairy milk, pancakes, all of your favorite breakfast items. I mean, you name it, you can make it. So this is my call to anyone who is curious to allow yourself to try these options out. Even if you think you will never go fully vegan, even if that is not your intention, even if you have another one of these labels, these foods and options are there for anyone who wishes to include more of them. And that way, we don't let the label get in the way of making more positive choices for animals, the environment, or ourselves. I always tell people, just give it a try, experiment. It might surprise you just as it did me. Making more plant-based and vegan-friendly choices has an enormous impact on the life of animals, the environment, your health and disease prevention in the lives of communities that surround these industries. And if you're like me with your own relationship with food itself, these are all topics we'll cover individually throughout the podcast because staying close to your motivation and why you decided to make this change That is the secret sauce to helping you stick to it and renew that purpose each day. But know that no matter where you are on the spectrum, no matter how many of these options you try out, you're making an impact. And that is hugely positive. Now, before I go today, since today's episode is all about those dietary labels, I just want to remind you that... You're always welcome in this space if you are a pescatarian, flexitarian, vegetarian, a hardcore carnivore who's just trying to support someone in their life who is making more of these choices, or if you're just curious, if you are a mostly vegan except for when you go to your in-law's house, or mostly vegetarian except when it's Thanksgiving, or you're vegan until six if you choose to not use a label at all, or if you're going into this all in or have been vegan for years like me, no matter where you are on that spectrum of eating, we are here to support you and help 
take your journey forward if you wish to do that. And as always, I love having you here. Thank you so much for listening in today. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a rating and review on your favorite podcast platform. It really helps us reach more people who are interested in making more vegan choices and need some support. Remember that you can find all of the show notes, links, and many additional resources for this episode in the description below. And of course, don't forget to visit bramble.com to learn more about our online courses, recipes, and blog posts. Till next time, everyone.